Thank you for tuning in to Shift the Plan podcast, where it is never too late to change the game. I'm your host, Rhonda Evans, and here we'll be listening to stories of the everyday woman. How life just, you know, brings you a little bit of obstacles, but what matters is what you do within the shift. I am so happy to have on the show today, Nakisha Washington, the professionalist herself. She's a Michigan native, just like myself. Shout out to Detroit. Um, And decided to do snowstorms and potholes for 70 degree Christmases in Nashville, Tennessee, where she attended college. She moved further south to Charlotte, where she now resides. Keisha has over 10 years, you guys, of experience in corporate fashion retail, financial services, energy utility and project management she's made a bit of a shift and now is a freelance writer and creator of the professionalist.com she's a regular contributor for q city metro mizahi magazine and heragenda.com she's also called on to comment as an expert for the muse nakisha loves wearing other people's clothes aka thrifting journaling and a horror movie or two so let's get into this episode so and find out more about Miss Nakisha Washington. Hello, Miss Keisha. Hey, Rhonda, how are you? I am doing amazing. You know, this wouldn't be right if we didn't have technical difficulties, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always. Well, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today for a couple of reasons. Uh, One, just because you're just all around awesome. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) And then because you're a fellow Detroiter. So, you know, I got to (laughs) represent. Got to (laughs) represent. Yes. So, you know what's so funny? I remember the first time that I met you. Well, kind of sort of met you we were at a mixer for d to nc and all i kept thinking was like dang her hair is so dope how did she get her hair like that <laughs> girl what nothing but some crochets exactly <laughs> and that's one of the many things that i love about you like you are a fashionista and you do it on a budget which i think speaks to everyone um, <laughs> You are a business professional, you're a coach, you're a writer. Like, what is it that you don't do? There's so many more things that I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. So for our listeners who do not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us the 411 on Keisha Washington. Um, I am a blogger that loves fashion. I love writing. Um, I love growing my career and helping others grow their career so on my blog I share a lot of stories about like ups downs and lessons learned that have happened throughout my career in the corporate space and now in the new entrepreneurial space Um, I'm also a mother of an 11 year old and a four-year-old and I am just out here um, just finding myself every day um, discovering more things that I love to do Um, and just as they say these days trying to live my best life Exactly. And you're doing that. Like you are like the career mom who is just making all the right moves, but you're doing it not at the expense of your children. Like you still have a very full life with them. You incorporate them on a lot of the things that you do. So how does that work? Because I know just being a mom in general, balance is hard, but how do you do it with running, you know, your brand and building your brand? I, I, a long time ago, um, I let go of the myth of work-life balance. Like there's never going to be 50-50. I'm never going to, you know, finish a presentation or a big project and have to travel for work and be able to attend all the kids' games and there for homework every night at the same time. Like it just doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. And I think once I accepted that and embraced that, um, I, things just kind of you know fell in place and I involved my kids 
you know, as much as I can. And they know when mommy's shooting for the blog or when I'm blocking off time to write. But then they also know when we're at Disney or, you know, we're taking a family road trip or doing family pictures that mommy is not going to be on her phone or mommy's not going to be answering calls or writing. Um, So I really explain to them, you know, what's going on. They see what's going on, but just understanding that there's a time and a place for both. And I, I separate the two of them. And that's awesome that you have found that balance because I know like one of the things that you just said that when you're with them, you're not going to be on the phone. And that I think is what's missing. I know I'm guilty of that sometimes. Like when it's family night or um, we're out doing things, I tend to still, you know, go straight to IG and it's like you have to have that turn off switch. You got to turn it off. Yeah. And then, you know, my son, he's 11. So, you know, he has a phone and like he has some social media and, you know, I'm just very protective about, you know, if we're having family time, you know, I'm not taking pictures or, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm in the moment um, mm-hmm. at that time. And I try to schedule, you know, my calls around that people, you know, that I work with, whether it's, you know, um, a publication that I'm writing for or someone that I'm coaching or even my job, you know, they know there are just certain hours that are off limits, but when I'm on and doing those things, then they have my full attention. Awesome. Awesome. I think that that is definitely one of the notes that I'm going to take from this um, episode today. (laughs) Like you got to turn it off. You absolutely have to turn it off. So before I really dig deep on all the amazing projects that you've recently come into and all of the stages that you've been on and about to be on, Um, let's talk about where it all started because, you know, you blogging and everything, it didn't start from there, right? You were like in corporate America and everything first. Yep. And, um, about what, 2007, 2008, um, I got my first corporate job and at the time I didn't have a lot of money and I loved to party. So (laughs) I either had money for going out clothes or I had money for work clothes, but not both. And me at that time, I chose to spend my money on going out clothes because I needed to look good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So what I would do um, sometimes is, you know, wear a club tank top and throw a cardigan over it for work. Mm -hmm. And over time, it became my blog became the professionalist or I started the blog because I'm like, I want to be able to look fashionable and professional. Because at the time, I'm like, I'm not wearing suits to work every day. That's just not me. Mm -hmm. Um. So it, it kind of started there. And then I noticed um, as I grew my career over the years that people would either come to me for one or two things. It was either fashion advice or career advice. So I'm like, how do I combine the two? I'm like, well, I already have a blog where I'm talking about corporate fashion. So I'll just use this same platform, you know, to talk about the career stuff and, you know, times that I didn't always get it right. You know, those are the things that you don't see or the things that you don't hear about. I wanted to create a place to to share that in a community where we could all say, you know, me too, girl. Um, You know, I wanted that promotion or, you know, I'll post when I get the promotion, but I won't post when I almost got fired or. You know, right. it was time for the annual review and I almost got right up. We're not going to talk about that. So I want a safe place uh, for all of us to kind of share those stories. I think community is amazing. Like, I think it's important that it needs to be there because a lot of people feel the same way and are on the same page. But they're like, I can't really voice it at work because if you say it to the wrong person, you know, like you said, that could potentially have you in your boss's office. Somewhere. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, you have in this community where people are like, let me get this off my chest. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, sometimes you have some situations you don't know what to do with it. And your community allows for people to say, hey, what would you do in this situation? What advice would you give? So I think that that is needed, especially in our community right about now. Yeah, especially with, you know, we are striving for that black excellence, but you know, mm-hmm. there are times that we fall short and we and we need support. And I don't feel like you often see that because, you know, on social media, it's, you know, just a highlight reel of everything that's going well. And mm-hmm. we don't always talk about like what helped us get there, or what we learned not to do um, that, you know, to help us do the things that we're doing now. Yeah, I love how transparent you are. Like, you don't just talk about the good times. You talk about, you know, when you didn't get it right and where you came from out of that. And that shift that you had to make to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do moving forward. Do you think that there's like a, a, um, a 
50-50 on whether people want more of the professional career advice versus the, you know, how I need to look at work and kind of mix it with the outside or is it just one and the same? Um, I think uh, it, it kind of comes together um, because some people who started following me follow me for fashion and, you know, they'll look visually like, oh, you know, I like that outfit. But then they'll read the caption and it might be talking about a time, you know, that I didn't get the job or I submitted a pitch and, you know, it just went to hell. And they're like, oh, I can connect with that. Mm -hmm. And then they'll click on the link and then they'll read the article. And some of those people will share with me like, hey, I came, you know, because I want to know, you know, how to put that outfit together at Goodwill. But once I read your post, the same thing happened to me in an interview. I said something that I probably shouldn't have. And then the conversation will go that way. Mm-hmm. And then I have other people who might come to me for career advice. And as we're talking about maybe, you know, shifting or transitioning into a new field, they're like, oh, well, as far as like what to wear, I've always worked in banking. Now that I'm working in a different field, like I might need to revamp my wardrobe. And then now we're having a conversation about fashion. So for me, I find that it kind of all, it, it just blends together. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the main reasons I started following you, of course, because, you know, we both were in the D to NC group. But um, after that one, it was because of the fashion. And I'm like, wait a minute, she is looking flawless all the time and she is not spending a ton of money to do it like <laughs> how is she doing this <laughs> so let's talk first about the whole thrifting um part of it because now I think thrifting has become a lot more popular than what it used to be um I know when I was a, a, a little girl my mom even though she would take me to the department stores but guess what we were gonna go to a goodwill and get about 10 <laughs> pair of pants too mm-hmm. okay <laughs> Well, I'm not spending all my money in this department store. Exactly. (laughs) So take us through what that looks like for you, because now you're helping other people kind of dress for less and everything, too, versus um, um, as well as showing us on, you know, your stories and things, how you do it for yourself. My mom, she'll probably kill me for this. I remember (laughs) when I was younger, like we would go to Goodwill, Salvation Army, and I used to call it garbage hunting. I was like, we go on picking up other people's clothes that they threw away. Like, I'm not garbage hunting. That's embarrassing. Yes, that's how I used to feel. <laughs> but then when I got into the real world and was like, oh, these department stores, like, so you mean to tell me I can go get some used Levi's for like $5? Let me go ahead and see what I can find. Um, and then I love vintage. And then being six feet tall, like, I've always had to be creative with what I wear. So I'm not buying a pair of $50 pants and cutting them up to make something that I saw in the magazine. But with these $2 pants that I found, oh, I cut them up all day because if it doesn't work out, I'll just go buy another pair. Um, So that's kind of how it started. And then I just fell in love with like vintage pieces and sequins and furs and just different things that I would find because I'm not a trendy person. I'm not looking in the latest Vogue magazine or I'm not online like, okay, you know, what is the newest, what is the newest, the newest pieces or what is everybody wearing this season? I just wear what I like. I wear what's comfortable. I wear how I'm feeling. I'm, I wear, you know, based on where I'm going. And I've always just been able to find that um, at Goodwills and then like shopping at like Target and, or TJ Maxx and Marshalls. To me, like, it's just clutter. And I'm like, if mm-hmm. I'm going to fight through this clutter, I need to find something that's only $2 and I can get that at the Goodwill. Thank you. Like, I feel like when you go into the stores and you go to the clearance rack, it's like a bunch of mess. It's like, I gotta (laughs) hunt through this. And then I find the one item that I want and it's like, wait, this doesn't fit right. Exactly. And they only have one. (laughs) Right. They only have the one. It's like, really? Like, this was perfect, but you only have it in the two. I wear a 14. I can't do it. I can't do it. So I'm glad that you said that. I'm glad that you said that you don't follow trends because people think that I have to be, you know, right out of a magazine. No, you could dress however you want, put pieces together that are so outside of the box that people be like, wait a minute, where did you get that from? How did you put that together? So I I know that me personally, because of one of your posts, I put some things together. I probably would have never put together. 
but you sent me a picture and you look good. Right. And I was like, oh, Keisha is the Yeah, I'm sounding old, but Keisha is the bomb with this. <laughs> like exactly what she's doing. So yeah, that's that's probably the main reason I started following you from that. Um, but I tell people all the time, I was like, it's as if I saw your shift right before my eyes. It was like, I will follow you. And maybe it was because of that crazy algorithm. <laughs> but <laughs> I will follow you. But then I started to see more and more of your content. And, one, and you know, some people put posts and stuff out there, but you don't want to necessarily read it. You say, oh, that's cute and keep clicking. Mm-hmm. No. When I tell you, you are a master storyteller. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Let me read this. Let me say, let's see what she's talking about. Right <laughs> here. And so that's what I really want to talk about. You are now um, contributors to a couple of different magazines and, um, you know, writing outlets. So talk to us a little bit more about how that shift happened. So I've always loved to write. Like, I think I wrote my first book when I was four, like just stapling what? pieces of paper, notebook paper together. Um, and drawn on them and, and calling it a book. And in elementary, I would enter all type of literary and speaking contests. But when it was time to go to college, I'm like, well, I want to be a businesswoman. Like, I didn't know what necessarily I wanted to do, but I wanted to be a businesswoman catching flights in a business suit with a briefcase. <laughs> and I didn't think, you know, being a writer or anything artistic like that, you know, would get me the money and the prestige and all these other things that I thought I wanted. Um, and over time, I found that everything that I did from a corporate perspective kind of led back to writing. Um, I started as a corporate trainer and then I became an instructional designer where I was actually writing the training and, Hmm. um, and literally I would get like a rush from seeing the trainers train or speak or read the words that I wrote, that I wrote, like to make them just come to life. And I found, I'm like, that's my passion. That's what I really want to do. But I fought against it, you know, for a long time because I'm like, I'm not a writer. I didn't go to school to be a journalist. You know, I, I just do this for fun. And then I started writing more on my blog and I found that I was able to, you know, really connect with people. People would, you know, like, thank you for sharing that. Or I felt the same way. Or can you talk more about that? And I'm like, well, this is my thing and this is how I connect. And then um, I'm like, okay, I want to share it, you know, on a, on a broader scope. So I want to write for all of these publications. How do I do that? So I just started pitching. You know, I'm like, hey, I'm a writer. I'm a blogger. Here are like five topics that I'm going to talk about. And the editors like receive me with open arms. And one thing that I always tell people is we sit back a lot of times and we say, oh, I want to do this. Or I want to be this one day when I grow up, so to speak. Um, but you're not doing it in any capacity. So if I had reached out to any of those magazines or publications to say, I want to write, the first question they said, point us to some of your other writing. We want to see writing samples. And those writing mm-hmm. samples were on my blog. But had I waited for one of them to pick me up or for someone to give me the opportunity, it you know you might not see those publications that I'm writing on now because I will be waiting five or six years for the for the first chance to do it. So I just started doing it on my own and then pushed it out there to others. Oh my gosh. How did you overcome that fear? Cause I think that's what holds people back. A lot of times they feel like, well, if I post it, they'll come. And no, <laughs> that's not the reality. <laughs> you know, they're not going to be like, Ooh, she has a publication out there. Let me go find her. No, you got to put yourself out there. So how was that experience? Like, did you come up with your own personal pitch? Did you take, courses to develop yourself like how did that start yeah I'm a lifelong learner so I always I'm always just learning something um so Udemy is I'm a platform that I use a lot and they have courses like from free courses all the way up to I don't know 20 or 30 dollars so I took you know writing courses which were just you know videos and tips I attended local um blogging classes just to learn like how to get myself out there. Um, I got uh, pitching templates. I Googled pitching templates. Um, I tried things out on my friends. Like, how does this sound? Or can you edit this? Or can you do this? And I spent time gathering all of this information, all of this knowledge. And then at some point I'm like, 
I felt like I was hiding under the guise of researching. As long as I'm mm-hmm. researching, I'm doing something, but I'm not actually executing. So mm-hmm. one day I'm like, you know what? Google is going to be there anytime I need it. I'm not getting ready to keep hiding behind researching. I need to look this up and find more. I'm like, I'm just going to send a pitch. And I did. And then I didn't hear anything for three months. And I'm like, oh, I guess they don't care. Um, I'll try something else. And then magically, just once I forgot about it, um, one of the publications reached out. It was actually my first paid publication. And, um, you know, she's like, oh, my God, like, you know, we just had so many submissions and I finally got to yours and we love it. And here I am thinking they had read it as immediately as I sent it. And they were like, no, we don't like her. No, we don't want her writing. Um, So I just learned to be patient and just put as many things out there in the atmosphere as you can and things will start coming back. Oh, wow. So like it's not so. It's not like immediate. Like they probably get tons and tons of submissions. So one thing I guess that you learn from it is is that patient part about it. So was it that you were pitching to um, more people than less people, and then you started getting those um, confirmations back to say, "Hey, we want you on our team." Yep. So not only um, did I I pitched and I sent things out there, I would also talk on social media about what I was doing and what I wanted to do. And I think a lot of times like we wait until we have a success story to share. And a lot of people don't say, hey, I need help or I want to do this or I'm looking for a resource. Um, So I would put that out there like, hey, I just pitched to, you know, two magazines, fingers crossed. Um, I follow several and I actually cleaned out my feet. Like I stopped following just a lot of what I would call like junk accounts, just celebrity accounts and different things. And I started following publications that I wanted to write for. Um, different conferences that I would like to attend or speak at, writers and other speakers. And what I found is my feed had kind of become um, almost like a classified ad. Every time I would log on, I would see something where, hey, this publication is looking for freelance writers or, hey, we're opening up our submissions for speakers for 2019. So every time I would log into Instagram, I would see one of those types of posts and then I would pitch to them. But then in the meantime, Again, letting people know what I was doing, one of my friends became the managing editor um, for a local publication because she saw, you know, what I had been doing, what I wanted to do, what I was doing with my blog. She reached out to me and said, hey, we're looking for freelancers and you're one of the first people I thought about. And it all came because I was just putting out what I was doing, even though I wasn't officially doing it or writing for anybody at the time. You know, when people read and they see your top of mind for a particular topic or particular opportunity, if that's what you're putting out there. You know what? You said one key tip out there. When this is the age where people are like, oh, I need 10,000 followers. <laughs> like that. You cleaned your feet. You were like, I know what my, who my audience is. I know who I want to speak to. These are the people I need to be following. And you, like you said, you made your feed like a classified ad. So the people you needed to be in front of, you made sure you were in front of them. Yeah. And with that, I lost followers because, you know, as I was unfollowing, people unfollowed me. And um, I just finished uh, writing a post that I'm actually going to pitch to a couple publications on how I lost followers and gained money. Because um, mm, as right. before I started losing followers, like I was just doing it for fun. I didn't get my first paid opportunity um, until I lost probably about 100 followers as I was just going cleaning out my feed. So um, you definitely don't have to wait until you get a certain number of followers. Um, I've even read tons of articles on what they're calling nano influencers, those that have mm-hmm. 5,000 followers or below. Um, because they're really able to connect and engage with their audience and their market. So uh, followers have never really been, or follower count have never really been a determining factor for me, whether it's getting a paid opportunity to write, um, getting booked for a speaking engagement, um, being noticed to win an award or a recognition. Um, It's just about being focused on who you follow and intentional about what you put out there. Do you hear that, people? Followers do not equal cash money in your bank account. At all. <laughs> Let's make that clear. Get out there 
and talk to who you need to talk to. Don't worry about these followers because they're not spending no money on your brand. <laughs> not at all. You need to be dope in real life. In real life. You know what? I'm quoting you on that. <laughs> in real life. <laughs> That's what we're about. Being dope in real life. Okay. Right. So with some of the recent uh, contributions that you made, let's talk about... Um, and I'm not even going to do this to them because even though I went on their page and I looked at their highlight on how to pronounce the name of their magazine, I'm still not going to do it because I don't want a jacket. <laughs> don't make me do it because I actually don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I'm going to use the template that they provided, which I thought was so dope. I was like, how do I pronounce this? And I said, let me go to their page. Someone has to have said this on their page, right? <laughs> So I went through the highlights. I said, you know what? At least they know. Like, they have a whole section of, how do you say our name? I said, you know what? I love them already. See, and it's all about research because you look for anything, you can find it. Exactly. Instead of, and I think that's what, I think people are so lazy these days. They're like, well, let me just ask. No, do your research. Right. It's there is there so you have and i'm gonna attempt it i'm sorry y'all in advance if i'm saying this wrong you know i love you but uh mazazi magazine um you recently did a publication and with them were you in the one with my one of my other favorite lifestyle bloggers dana bolden were you in that one no the one when she posted i love 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 dana um, oh my gosh, yes. When Dana <laughs> posted it, that she was on the cover of it, it made me go and follow the magazine. And then once I followed and kind of saw like what they were about and, you know, all about like the state of the black family, I just mm-hmm. reached out to the owner and I'm like, hey, I love to contribute. And it Sweet. went from there. You know what? Like my mama used to say, which I'm pretty sure your mama's have said it too, closed mouths do not get fed. Exactly. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you said look this is where I want to be mm-hmm. like you don't so have how, to tell me no <laughs> exactly how, so how did that process go so you reached out to them like hey I'm here I, I have something to add to your um, publication yeah so I reached out and I'm like hey you know I saw that you featured Dana on the cover you know I love her I've learned a lot from her um, showed that I had done some research on their brand because a lot of times people just do like you know a blind reach out like hey, I want an opportunity. Hey, I want to speak, but you're not communicating why you're a fit for the brand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, just like you're representing your brand, they're protecting their brand. Um, And so I'm like, I see, you know, that you're all about, you know, the black families and, you know, your your core audience are black moms, you know. I'm a black mom. I'm an entrepreneur. I work in corporate America. Like, here are three or four topics that I love to submit. Um, mm-hmm. and she reached back out and she's like, well, we, you know, we do a publication quarterly. The next one is coming out in November. Um, the topic or the focus is the state of the black family. You know, what do you want to contribute for this post? And, um, I was very transparent and I shared, um, what the, the transition and, um, how we operate as a family with my son, who's 11, uh, having lived with his father in a different state for the past three years. And um, I just pitched the importance of talking about that because I think especially in the black community, if at least for me, I know growing up, if someone lived like with their grandma or their dad, like I'm like, is their mom dead or is she on mm-hmm. drugs or something going on? Cause it's just not right. If you don't live with your mama. Right. Like why are you going to live with your mama? <laughs> yeah. Like, like where, where your mama at? And, yeah. um, and I share that story that I asked my mom about a classmate when I was in fourth grade, like, what, why, why he don't live with his mama? What's going on? And, um, and I even received, you know, some backlash from my family, you know, like, oh, you're sending him away. And, you know, it's like, no, it, that's his father. And I'm giving him the opportunity, you know, to do what I wasn't able to do, um, in a sense. And that's, you know, grow a boy into a man. Um, mm-hmm. So I, in the article, I just share, you know, some encouragement for moms who are going through it or who are thinking about it. And some things, you know, that have helped um, us work because, um, you know, it's always been pretty and seamless. So, you know, helping someone else who might be in the in the same situation because you just don't hear about that a lot. You don't. And when I tell you that 
um, article that you wrote for them, I needed to see that like four years ago. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because my son, um, we're, well, we're a blended family now, but, um, like when I first got remarried, my son went to go live with his father and we all live in the same city. So that part wasn't an issue. Like it wasn't like I didn't have access, immediate access to him, but because for so long, cause prior to that, I was divorced for 10 years and I was like, no, what you mean you're going to live with your daddy? Right. But <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Well, I've been raising you. Why? What you want to leave me for? But <laughs> and especially when you do, do all the hard part when they're young and when they like 11 and 12 they're like oh I want to go live with my dad I'm like that's the easy part mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's the fun parent right? like right. I'm the one who is the disciplinarian but you know Rose kind of switched a little bit and now he's the real real tough one so <laughs> <laughs> you know they're like oh my god daddy is so mean but you know, I needed to read that like four years ago. So I'm certain that that article within by itself helped tons of single moms who, you know, are just trying to figure this thing out day by day because it's not easy. Yeah, and there's no roadmap and there's no rule book for it. Not at all. So now even, um, so you write also for Q City Metro mm-hmm. and her agenda. So tell us a little bit um, about, I know more recently you've done more with her agenda, right? Yep, I have. So her agenda, um, when I first started my blog, maybe back in May or June, or, or transitioned my blog into writing more, not just fashion, I saw her agenda, um, and I really like the tagline, um, which is where it helps women, um, ambitious women, really actualize their dreams. And mm-hmm. I looked over some of the articles, and the articles were not only helpful to me, but I'm like, I can continue the conversation on some of these topics. And I really feel like, you know, I can add to it because what I didn't want to do is reach out to a whole bunch of publications just to say I write for 10 publications. I wanted to find things like that I could actually connect to and that I felt like my brand was in line with theirs. Um, So I reached out to be a contributor and I didn't hear back for months. And, you know, it's a large platform. Um, It has 10 times the number of followers that I do. So I was like, you know, okay. And then um, maybe about a month ago, um, the owner, she set up a call with me and she's like, we'd love to bring you on board. And I was like, oh, wow. And I've contributed uh, two articles so far. Um, I've done a couple interviews that haven't been published. And um, there's also like a community of, of writers and contributors, you know, we're all on an app together. So we share different oh. opportunities, um, you know, whether it's conferences that are coming up, um, you know, they've shared, I know there's a, I can't, is it, it might be Apple um, that's doing um, like a search for um, diverse podcasters. Oh, that's Google. Yeah, Google. And then Apple is doing something, I think, for women in tech. So they'll put things out there like that, that, you know, even if I can't use them, I can share with my network. Um, We can run things past each other. So not only do I get the wonderful opportunity to contribute to the platform, I also get to connect with women across the country um, who are also writers and who are also looking for opportunities and growing their either freelance business or their corporate careers. So I'm really, really happy to be connected with that platform. See, there's that community again. Like, if it weren't for communities, I don't think a lot of people would know about a lot of things or would develop at the pace that they are if it weren't for different people, you know, establishing these communities of like-minded people. Yeah, and I think social media sometimes gets a bad rap, but if you use it right, then, I mean, it's a it's an opportunity for you to build a community on a broader scale than you would be able to, you know, if we didn't have it, or if you were just connecting with people in your city or who were local to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now that you um, have transitioned, you know, here's another shift where now you're on stage, you know, you're the one, and not that you, because you did speaking before in your professional career, but now this is your brand, and you're speaking for you um, to help uh, different men and women um, in this, um, in these, you know, areas, so let's talk about you being on that platform. So, yeah, so coming from a corporate trainer, like I've always, you know, I've never had a problem like speaking to people, but it's just something um, 
empowering when you know someone believes in you and your message and your brand to not only select you but pay you um to come and you know help and inspire and and speak to others and you know it's something new from an entrepreneurial standpoint that I'm getting into because I was like okay I just want to write you know I don't I don't want to speak I don't want to do this I don't want to do that um but what I've found and what I always tell myself is that it's okay to reinvent yourself. It's okay to say mm-hmm. yes to things that you previously said no to or say no to things that you previously said yes to. Um, and I'm just telling myself it's okay and you don't have to just be one thing. Like I want to use my talents and my passions and my gifts, you know, in as many ways as I can. So as the opportunities come, you know, if it's right for me, whether it's writing or speaking or coaching or engaging in another way, you know, if it's something that I want to do, I'm not going to stop myself and say, well, no, you know, that's not a part of my brand or that's not what I want to do. Um, I feel like doors open for a reason that, you know, reasons mm-hmm. that we can't always see. Uh, we're presented with opportunities. And um, I feel like everything that we go through or that we experience isn't for us. It's for somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. So even, you know, there are times I'm like, oh, I just want to stay in the bed. I don't want to go and do this. And I always <laughs> find like that I connect with somebody and they're like, I'm so glad we met or, you know, I'm like, if I hadn't have come today, I wouldn't have learned this or I wouldn't have. So um, the speaking really just opens up the doors just to meet more people, to connect with more people and, you know, just to further grow myself and help others along the way. Yeah, it totally does. Because I know that I've learned so much from you and this and we have never, ever just like sat on the phone and chatted it up. But- right. <laughs> I've learned so much from you like I really cannot wait because I'm just gonna speak it out there you may have posted this I don't know but I can't wait to take a class from you on how to properly take photographs using your iPhone (laughs) girl you do you know um that Apple actually has iPhone photography classes you know what? I didn't know that at first. I was like, you know, wait a minute. Uh, let me go take this class. I didn't. I did not know that. Yeah, I need to take one. I found out like a couple months ago. Um, But like I learned from like other bloggers that I follow. I'll Google stuff, play around with my phone because that I feel like sometimes like access to capital is a thing that stops people from pursuing their dreams. Like, well, I have to save up or, you know, I have to do this, which stopped me because I'm like, I'm going to have to pay for a web developer. I need a graphic designer. I need a photographer. I need a makeup artist. Um, Mm -hmm. And then one day I was like, girl, if you don't watch a YouTube video and go slap this makeup (laughs) on your face, get dressed and use this iPhone and take these pictures, put it on portrait mode, put a couple filters on and put it out there. I'm an advocate for uh, YouTube (laughs) University, so I get it. Anything you can learn, anything you can do. And I think a lot of times, like, I would sit back and look at other people's content or things that they were doing, thinking that they had spent so much money or they had done it on a large scale. And Dana is one of the people I reached out to. And I'm like, what camera do you use? And at that time, she wasn't using a photographer. She's like, I use my, I can't remember what it was, but it was a um, like a, a professional camera that you can just use on your own. And sometimes her iPhone. And I'm looking through her pictures like, these were done on an iPhone? The same iPhone I'm holding in my hand scrolling? Let me get out right. here and take these pictures. <laughs> like, no excuses. That's why your episode is entitled with that hashtag, no excuses. Because when I tell you, I see it. You don't even have to say it. I see it in your work. I see your work. at the. It comes through in your writing, in your um, content that you're putting out there, it comes through like, if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to find out how to do it. Like, there's literally no excuse why it can't get done. Yeah, you, I mean, you can't. And I think it comes from, I mean, I feel like I've always been this way, but I went to uh, Tennessee State University, which is the same uh, school that Oprah went to. And Oprah oh. didn't graduate, and Oprah is Oprah today. And Thank you. I didn't graduate. And so I'm like, and, and I was feeling sorry for myself at first, like everybody has degrees and I'm not going to get a good job and I'm so behind mm-hmm. everybody. And one day I was just like, if Oprah did it, if I follow in her footsteps, if I come 
even a tenth of a step close to, you know, what Oprah is doing. Like, there's nothing that we can't do out here, you know, regardless of mm-hmm. your circumstances. You might not have a degree. You might not have a camera. You know, you might not have whatever it is that you think that you need to be successful. There's a way around it. You just have to, you know, keep going. And everything that I've done and tried and the things that I put out on social media um, weren't always successful the first time that I tried it. Or even when I look back, you know, when I first started my blog, like I posted pictures that were blurry, had people in the background. One day I had a stain on my shirt, but had to get the pictures done. I mean, nobody noticed. I just put it out there. And I think just the repetition of doing, whether it's pitching or applying for jobs or continuing to go on interviews, like you're exercising the muscle when you continue to try to do something. And at some point it's going to pop off. Let me tell you that there are so many dope quotes from this thing. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if whoever is listening, y'all, put it on repeat and go back and get these nuggets that she is dropping. So, you know what? I'm so glad that you brought that up and you mentioned that, you know, you didn't graduate from Tennessee State as well. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I would have never known that because, let's there are rooms that individuals want to be in, but they feel like, oh, I can't be in that space because I don't have my degree. When these people, you know, they've graduated, they have masters, they have this, and I don't, you know, I can't match up to them and be in this room. Not only were you in those rooms, you sat on boards and things like that with people who did all of these things, but your confidence and your expertise stood were way more valuable than whether or not you held that piece of paper. And I feel like, you know, not to, I definitely believe in the value and importance of education, but I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like really what a degree is telling, telling, you know, an employer or whoever's looking at it is that you started something and you stuck with it for four years Mm -hmm. or eight years or however long, you know, it took you to, to complete your degrees. So you don't need a degree to start something and stick with it. And Mm -hmm. the longer you stick with it, you're going to learn more. Like when I started blogging, I didn't know a lot. But then Mm -hmm. as I continued to blog, I learned about, you know, social media posting times and when I could get the most traffic and, you know, how to title a post so that it's more interesting and people want to click. And then I learned about iPhone photography. So by sticking with it, you know, that's my degree in anything, you know, in corporate America, I started as a trainer. I wanted to become an instructional designer, which is highly technical, but I stuck with training. And through that, I learned how to, you know, do technical writing, which is needed. I learned how to use different systems, different authoring tools used to make e-learnings, but it just came with me sticking with it. So whatever you want to do, I mean, get a degree in it by sticking with it. And sometimes you do need to take a class or get a certification, whatever sticking with it means to you and in accomplishing your goals bottom line stick with it yeah i see it i see that as a title of a master class coming soon (laughs) speak that into existence because i keep and that's one thing a lot of people say like you're always going after your dreams so boldly and you know and i'm Mm -hmm. like there are a lot of things that i want to do that i still you know doubt myself because i'm like if i do a master class like can i charge for it or will people come will they care is this market oversaturated so i still have doubts but sometimes i'll just close my eyes and i'm like one two three put it out there and don't look and whatever happens happens and then i take exactly. a breath and i'm like Ooh. you know whether i get one one person to attend or if i get a hundred people for me the satisfaction comes in saying that i did it take mm-hmm. something from my brain, from my heart that I'm excited about and making it into something tangible is the win for me. Oh my gosh, that was it. All wrapped in (laughs) the perfect gift right there. (laughs) That was it. So before we get into our time capsule, (laughs) I want to just talk about, you know, I want you to share with our listeners about, you know, now that you put in the work, here's where you get recognized and you've been recognized in so many different arenas. So I just want you to kind of touch on some of your most recent and the one that is coming up that is like huge for you. Yeah, so um, most recently I was named one of the top 35 millennials um, in the country 
um, by the Next Best Thing um, organization. And I'm being honored alongside like so many people who are doing their thing. Um, for my son, most notably Steph Curry. He's a huge Steph Curry fan. And when he mm-hmm. found out that I was being honored alongside him, he's like, I know why he there, but what did you do, mommy? (laughs) (laughs) All these pictures that I be taking and writing and all that, I'm like, it's not in vain, but whatever. All he cares about is his Bami and Steph Curry doing something together. Um, But that'll be um, in LA, and um, it's a conference January 17th through the 20th, and it brings millennials together in a cohort just to talk about brainstorm share and empower each other around like ideas businesses entrepreneurship their corporate careers so i'm really looking forward to being a part of that and then on saturday is the black tie um awards gala where the 35 of us will be um will be honored and recognized like for our contributions to our local and national community through uh, philanthropy whether it's through uh, your business coaching others, helping others. So um, each of the other uh, 34 recipients all have some type of platform where they've made a significant impact. So I'm super excited and super honored to be um, to be selected in, in a class of so few. Oh my gosh, that is outstanding. It's like from starting with a blog to just saying, you know what, I'm going to go out here, like you said, boldly and just put myself out here to now being recognized for doing something that you love, you know, like, is it really work? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I feel like all of these years, like, you know, I've been paid in corporate America, you know, to do, you know, work that included writing and different things, but there's nothing like getting a check or opportunity for something that you created and something that you've done on your own like there's Mm -hmm. no better feeling and I don't care if the check is twenty dollars like someone is paying me twenty dollars because they care what I have to say or what I have to talk about or you know the idea that came to me at two o'clock in the morning is just as important to them as it is to me um and that's what keeps me me going Oh, that is so powerful right there. So please take note. Like I said, y'all <laughs> have your pens and papers out <laughs> and rewind it if you need to. Like, it's so much. And you're so humble about everything. And I think that's why, you know, certain things are still just coming your way because you do it with such humbleness. I mean, because I feel like, you know, anything can be taken away at, at mm-hmm. any point. And I feel like, you know, when you work for things and like when you you've seen, you know, the hardships, um, I, I share the story often. Um, what year was this? Maybe 2009, 2010. Um, I remember my checks were five hundred dollars every two weeks. And when I think about that, I'm like, I don't even know how I survived. Girl. Um, <laughs> But I, you, you from Detroit? That's how. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I was eating and had a whole son at the time. But, mm-hmm. um, and just when I think back to that, I'm just like, you know, whether you start from humble beginnings or not, there's always somebody out there, you know, who who's, who who would love to be in your position. And I think about the things that I'm able to do now, and they were just things like that I prayed for back Mm. then and sometimes we don't stop to realize that we're actually living out our prayers yeah a lot of times when we pray and we hope for stuff we always think like it's gonna be one day far in the future when it happens and a person like me I'm always like on to the next goal on like what can I accomplish what can I be doing I don't feel like I'm doing enough where sometimes I just don't sit in the moment and I'm just like because like you you prayed for this and like you here now, like just sit back and take a deep breath in it. So I think I'm always just thinking about, you know, where I came from, some of the hardships that I've gone through um, and just really like I can still like hear some of my prayers from back then. And, you know, this this is the life, you know, that, that I prayed for. So I'm always humble, always grateful. It's like, so keep you guys, you got to keep on putting it out there, keep praying for the things that you want and keep the biggest piece is, is that you're executing it. You know, you're not just sitting on it. You're actually putting in the effort to execute these things. So yeah, kudos to you. Yeah. So just put it out there, speak it. 
And not only, you know, speak it to yourself, speak it out loud in your home, but speak it to other people. Because I remember when I wanted to become a trainer, anybody who I met, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working in a call center now, but one day I'd like to become a trainer. So if you know, know of any opportunities mm-hmm. for me to speak, please let me know. And then slowly but surely, and it didn't happen, you know, the next week, but maybe not even the next month, but just over like a, a year or so nonprofit organizations where I might've gone to one of their events. Like they reach out like, Hey, didn't you say you were a speaker or wanted to be like, we need someone to open up, you know, and, and speak at a luncheon or, you know, we need someone to introduce the honorees or we need someone. So any opportunity that I got to talk in front of people, I would go and do. And ultimately it led me to getting my first training job. I didn't have um, any professional corporate experience, but what I did have is a lot of experience speaking for nonprofits and different organizations, even if it was just, you know, again, to introduce an honoree or sitting on a panel representing the millennial voice as, you know, we talk about generations in the workplace. So things like that. So I always tell people like your, the experience that you acquire doesn't have to be always in a traditional sense. Mm -hmm. I think that you just said something so key. You told other people, other people will remember, like, wait a minute, she said that she wants to do this. That right there, I think, is a game changer for, for most people. If they just say it to other people and say it repeatedly to other people. <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly. But a lot of times, like, we want to hold on to our dreams because we're either, you know, embarrassed. Like, if I put it out there, but then if it doesn't happen, you know, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be embarrassed. So I'm going to look like I failed or, you know, I don't want to tell people what I'm working on, you know, because everybody isn't for me. And I'm just like the things that you want to do and the people that you're supposed to meet and things that are supposed to happen will happen. It'll fall on the right ears. And I don't even, you know, think about haters or people trying to, you know, ruin or sabotage what I have going on. Um, and and I always tell my son and I, I tell other people like, it's so offensive to the people who love and support you when you say that you're doing things like for your haters. And Uh it's like, you know, for, for me to do something, you know, for my haters, if you will, would be a spit in the face of my children who, you know, sacrifice some time with me while I'm Uh working on something or, you know, for my mom who quit her job at a point to start a daycare so that she could not only keep my son and I wouldn't have to pay for daycare, but she could make Uh money as well. So for me, you know, anything that I accomplish or things that I get, if I'm doing it to please or stun on somebody that doesn't care about me, that's a spit in the face of all the people who've made sacrifices to help me succeed and achieve. Honey, you just blew back everything. The little bit of edges I still got. (laughs) 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 Like, that's a spit in the face. Like, all these people who sacrificed for me, no. Forget those haters. This is for the ones who supported me and stood there with me as I went through this. So, yes. Woo, I got tears in my eyes. Okay. (laughs) Before we wrap up, I'm going to do a segment with you called Time Capsule. And this is just really so we can have, you know, this, this little bit of holding on to this section of the best advice, the ones that people need to go back to and listen to and say, you know what, Keisha told me that and I'm going (laughs) to hold on to that. (laughs) So, number one, what advice would you give to your younger self? Just do it. Um, (laughs) Just do it. Whatever the outcome is, just do it. Um, You'll be wiser, more experienced, more prepared, more um, durable, more resilient from just doing it, regardless of the outcome. That part right there is key. (laughs) Just do it. Like, that's it. Just that. Do it. Okay. (laughs) Number two, what keeps you sane through this journey? Hmm. Reflecting. Um a lot of times it's easy to just go, 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 go. Um, But I take time each week to reflect on accomplishments and accomplishments might be just the fact that I hit send on an email that I have been procrastinating on or, Mm. or made a phone call or said no to something and spent that time on myself. Um, So just Mm -hmm. reflecting of accomplishments, successes, and just, just taking a breath. 
I love that. I love that. Reflection is very important. I don't think too many, most of us don't do it as often as we should. So that's a good one. Um, number three, what tools have helped you the most in your journey? Um, mentorship, uh, community, which we talked a lot about, mm-hmm. and YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely YouTube. <laughs> if you want to know something, just go to YouTube. It's there. I guarantee Right. <laughs> and more than one of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, number four, if you could pass the torch to the next entrepreneur, blogger, or just go-getter in general, like, who would that be? Like, someone who is going under the radar that people should know about? Um, I would probably say to my friend, um, Katrina Lewis, she is the managing editor of, uh, Q city Metro and, uh, her and her husband, uh, they're philanthrop- uh, philanthropists. Um, they are super pro black. So they're always like supporting, the arts, they're supporting other entrepreneurs, they're supporting their friends, they're bringing awareness, you know, to just other dope black excellence um, that's happening mm-hmm. out there. And they're, her and her husband, um, Callan, they're two people who don't do it for the accolades or they don't do it for the followers or for the likes. And, you know, seeing people like that who just do things that they are passionate about and share it and put it out there are the ones that I want to uplift and highlight, um, you know, beyond any of like the big names or popular names that you might see. Oh, that is awesome. I'm definitely going to link her information in the show notes so people can connect with her. Um, Absolutely. I'll definitely link that in there. And the final question, what are you most thankful for throughout this journey? Um, I say going back to that community, um, and not only, you know, my my family and friends who, you know, supported me, like when I quit my job, just to, I'm like, I want to follow my dream. So, you know, to have two children and just up and quit my job, you know, people could have looked at me or even said, girl, what are you thinking? What are you doing? But everyone was just like, you got this. You're going to be successful. I'm proud of you. And then also, yeah. like, my broader community like you, like, like you said, we've never talked on the phone, but you, you're always supporting it, whether you're resharing, whether you're leaving a positive comment, um, whether you're commenting, just let me know, you know, that you read something or put me up on an idea, even reaching out to me about this. A lot of times, you know, I think that we take those things for granted, but especially people who aren't closely connected to you, like there's no, you know, people aren't obligated to, to support Mm -hmm or show love or um, engage with you. Um, so I'm appreciative, appreciative for, you know, my community, both near and far. Yeah, I think that is so important to understand that people are watching you, that you have no idea who it, who they are. Like some of the um, more recent interviews that I've had, like people have connected and become the best of friends or the biggest of supporters of one another through social media. Yep that do social media so definitely definitely that i really enjoyed this interview like i told like as you were talking you should see my little makeshift studio <laughs> i have i have so many little notes written down of the quotes that you said in this so i'm definitely gonna go back and listen for myself because there are so much um, little key things that you said um, in this particular interview that I think are so important that speaks loudly to me if nobody else it speaks to me. <laughs> um, and they say if and, you can just reach one, your job is done. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I'm absolutely going to, I want to um, post the link for the platform that you use for your courses. You said it was called You To Me. U-D-E-M-Y. I think like University oh. and Academy. Yes, now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me, y'all. Don't judge me. <laughs> but you, to me, that might be a good idea for um, an app of community and support, and sh- you never know. There we go. They're going to, hey, tech people, <laughs> come see about uh, Keisha and Rhonda. We came up with a name and the uh, purpose. <laughs> right. We even give you a brand statement if you need it. We just need some tech people. Right, just need to take people. I love that. That's there. There's that community again. Right. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me. This will be up um, very soon on uh, Shift the Plan podcast, and I will link all of the ways that you can contact Ms. Tisha Washington in the show notes. If you have taken anything away from this particular um, interview or this episode, definitely leave a comment. We'll get those over to Keisha so we can share that too because everybody likes to hear from somebody. Let them know I'm doing something right. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing something right. So I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day and have a good one. Yeah, we'll have to get together soon. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. I'm not going to